Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. This is probably one of the ugliest primaries in the country, but I think it's also the most interesting. And I think we're going to learn a lot from it. So we're getting something out of the ugliness. That's good. (laughs) I'm Annie Reese. I am recording. This is Politico Dispatch. I am Ali Mutnick, a campaigns reporter with Politico. Today, the ugly Republican primary happening now in West Virginia. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, sorry, I'm really excited about this race. (laughs) It has everything. Two sitting members of Congress redrawn to the same district, some serious name-calling. So is it a crystal ball about the direction that Republican races are going in this cycle? So David McKinley is a seventh-generation resident of Wheeling, West Virginia. That's in the northern panhandle. He is um, one of just one or two certified civil engineers in Congress. He is former chairman of the West Virginia Republican Party. He served in the state legislature. He's a moderate. He is proud of working across the aisle to get things done. Um, But he's also taken some votes that turn Republican voters away from him. Um, And and we can go into that a little later. But Mm. Alex Mooney is in a lot of ways the opposite. He moved to West Virginia shortly before running for office in 2014. And he came from Maryland. So he hopped across the Maryland border into West Virginia's eastern panhandle. And not only was he from Maryland, but he was actually the chairman of the Maryland Republican Party and a state senator in their legislature. He is ultra conservative. He's a member of the House Freedom Caucus. He is not prone to compromising on most issues, especially on uh, fiscal security. And he has the endorsement of President Trump. And how common or unusual is it for two members of Congress to get redistricted in the same district? It happens every redistricting cycle. There's at least a handful. And West Virginia has been losing population. So it has three districts stacked vertically on top of each other, and it just condensed into two. So everyone saw this coming for a while, that the eastern panhandle and the northern panhandle were probably going to get grouped together. But I would say that this is one of the nastier ones, probably the nastiest member versus member primary this cycle. And isn't that, it it sounds like it's inherently awkward if two members get redistricted into the same district, no matter what, even if they're friends, it sort of becomes tense. But they didn't really like each other to start, right? I think, you know, I, I don't, I think their personal relationship was cordial enough. I think the delegation's really small. It's just three members of the House, two senators. But I think they have really different backgrounds. And I, I think David McKinley is really bothered by the idea that someone who is not from West Virginia, who moved here really shortly before running for office, is trying to stake a claim over being one of its two members in Congress. Like, I think that's really personal for him. And so any goodwill that they may have built up from not having to run against each other evaporated pretty quickly. The ads that David McKinley's run... Mooney caught concealing almost $50,000 for personal use. Alex Mooney has an ethics investigation, and he has superimposed a prison jumpsuit over Mooney. He has called him... The portrait of a political prostitute political prostitute for running for office, not only in Maryland, but also in New Hampshire. He ran for the state house when he was a student at Dartmouth. 
and um, you know, just like lots of Terps and University of Maryland gear make its way into ads, very trolly. Um, but then Mooney has run ads calling McKinley a rhino, and you know, has been pretty equally as nasty. So it's just it's gotten very very personal. Yeah, aren't so many other races pretty bloody? You know, like what is kind of the big deal here, or why is this such an interesting race to study? So there's two interesting fault lines kind of throughout this. One is Trump's influence. And that's a question that we're going to ask ourselves over and over this primary season. But Alex Mooney is, you know, probably somewhat fairly labeled a carpetbagger. And so I think there's this big question of like, is Trump's endorsement enough to get him over the finish line? Trump endorsed Mooney. Um, I, I don't think it was a hard decision for him. McKinley took um, he voted for the the bipartisan January 6th commission, not the one that ultimately ended up being enacted mm. uh, by Nancy Pelosi, but he also voted to certify Pennsylvania and Arizona's results. And then I think maybe the biggest betrayal of all was that he voted for a, the bipartisan infrastructure plan, and Trump had vowed revenge on anyone that did that. Mm-hmm. So it's become kind of a test of, is Trump's clout enough to overcome what used to be a really easy question in politics, right? Like you are bringing home millions of dollars for your state, for its crumbling roads, for its crumbling bridges. You know, David McKinley is very passionate that this is the right move for West Virginia. It has you know, horrible ratings from the Army Corps of Engineers in terms of its infrastructure. And he said, you know, this is a vote that I took for West Virginia. We needed it. He's been waiting to do it his entire career in Congress. He tried under Obama, he tried under Mm -hmm. Trump. And when it was going to happen with Biden, he said, no question, I'm voting for this. Mm -hmm. But he said the night before the vote, he got a call from someone close to Trump saying, Trump's going to endorse your opponent if you vote for this infrastructure bill. And, you know, he's proud of voting for it. And he's traversing the state talking about where all of this infrastructure money is going to go. But it did put a target on his back. So no matter what happens here, one big rule of politics is going to be broken, right? Either, you know, you lose after bringing home millions of dollars for people in your state, for their roads, for their bridges, or Trump's, you know, endorsed candidate loses. And I think it's also worth noting that McKinley has endorsements from Jim Justice, Governor Jim Justice, a huge Trump ally from Joe Manchin, who just cut him a TV ad. Alex Mooney has proven he's all about Alex Mooney. But West Virginians know David McKinley is all about us. Yeah, Joe Manchin just cut a TV ad for David McKinley saying that he did the right thing by voting for the infrastructure bill, trying to spell out that it was not the same thing as Build Back Better, because that's a tactic that Alex Mooney has been using. Mm. But, and I do think this is a fair criticism against McKinley, is he doesn't really talk about infrastructure in ads. He goes really negative on Alex Mooney, but he does talk about it on the trail, and he has done countless events to you know try to spell out where in the state this money is is going to matter. And when I visited, you can see it. They do have some really bad roads and bridges. There's a project called Corridor H that's supposed mm-hmm. to connect um, a lot of counties in Alex Mooney's current district into Maryland and Virginia that has been unfinished for decades. And this is supposed to be the money to finish that. I mean, it, it really, it should be issues that are not partisan. So you've been covering primary elections around the country, most recently in Ohio. Are there lessons learned there that apply to West Virginia? I, I think so, right? Because J.D. Vance won in Ohio. And mm-hmm. in you know a separate battleground House race, a uh, candidate who was not endorsed by Trump, but had you know, gotten some kudos from Trump at a rally that turned his lawn into massive Trump <laughs> shrines, uh-huh. came from behind to beat 
people who had spent more money, who had you know more endorsements, who were just thought to be more serious candidates. And I think all of that combined really stressed that Trump is still king in the party and his endorsement still matters. But the dynamics here are just so much more complex that it will be a test of Trump's power, but it's also a test of, like, do the old rules of politics still apply? Mm. Are, are we in a political environment that's so polarized that McKinley's style of trying to get bipartisan compromise and solution-oriented results too toxic to people? Is, you know, ideological purity now also matter more than getting any kind of getting anything done we'll get more out of it than just a test of trump's clout but that's also a really interesting question that will will be answered yeah definitely how are they polling so mooney is ahead in the polls that have been released there was one with a pretty small sample size but a a truly independent poll um, where he had a largely mooney has released his own internal polling that shows him up so I think he's he's probably the favorite based on polling that we've seen. I will say it's hard to poll new districts sometimes. Mm-hmm. And West Virginia has a partially open primary where non-affiliated voters can choose to vote in the Republican primary. And I did wonder if that's where the Joe Manchin ad comes in. Um, you have to assume he has some sway with West Virginia's non-affiliated voters. Mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of spin forward to where we might, where else we might see races like this this year. Looking ahead to even like Pennsylvania and and North Carolina, what can you say about what you're interested in? Well, I've been tracking this idea of, you know, whether or not Republicans have a governing majority. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and how we talk about it internally is, are they going to elect people who are really serious about legislating? Or are they going to elect people who are sort of, you know, more obstructionist? not interested in compromise or negotiating. And I think this will be sort of like the opening test in a series of primaries like that, because McKinley is Mr. Compromise, Mr. Negotiate, um, you know, help leadership get results. And Alex Mooney really strongly stands on principle, even if that means you get nothing done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, very committed to the principles of small government. So in a way, it's sort of a more broader fight of the like Freedom Caucus versus establishment, Tea Party versus establishment. But I think when Republicans seem likely to take the majority and what they're going to be able to do with that majority under two more years of Joe Biden is a really interesting question. And it's certainly one that, you know, high level Republicans operatives are watching, maybe not specifically in this race, but they want to make sure that they get members of Congress that are serious about legislating. And you can see that in Pennsylvania. You can see that in Idaho. As we move through the primary calendar, there are a lot of these uh, matchups like that. Allie Mutnick, thank you so much for talking with me. Of course. Thanks for having me. Also in the news, congressional Democratic leaders have reached a bipartisan accord to send $39.8 billion to Ukraine. That deal is now expected to move quickly to President Joe Biden's desk after Democrats agreed to drop another one of their top priorities, billions of dollars in pandemic aid that has been stalled on the Hill. The Ukraine aid could come to the House floor for a vote as soon as today, according to Politico reporting. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.